Coming to you live from the depths of quarantine, this is Thick Man Inc. We are back here with your host, top 100 Madden player Tristan Kilgannon and ESPN featured athlete Isaiah Ashley. Today we're going to be covering the NBA's return to the television. And before we get started, we are posting our podcast on all other streaming platforms. Link to that is down in the description below. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, where we've been posting a lot more. Like the video, subscribe, and first I'm going to give a rundown on the NBA's new format. On July 31st, 22 teams will converge in Disney World to finish out the regular season with 8 games. The 5 current non-playoff teams from the West include the Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings, Suns, and Spurs. And in the East, there's the Lonely Wizards as the only extra team because the Bottom half of the East sucks. Uh, there will be a play-in game between the 8th and ninth seed once the 8-game regular season has concluded. And the ninth seed will only get a play-in game if they're within 4 games of the 8th seed. The ninth seed will also have to win 2 games against the 8th seed in order to make the playoffs. I believe that's called double elimination. Isaiah, what do you think of the new NBA format and how excited are you to see the NBA back in, was it, a month and a half? A little over a month and a half. The best run league in all of sports has yet again come through with a brilliant plan to ensure the bubble teams have a fair shot to compete for a playoff spot. It's great. It gives everyone an opportunity who had a chance. Teams like the Trailblazers, who quite possibly have snuck up there and taken the A seed, now have a very real path to the playoffs. I love it. I also love the two-game series played between the 8th and the ninth seed. You can't complain if you're the 8th seed and you lose twice in a row and get eliminated. Likewise, if you're getting a chance to compete for the playoffs as a nine seed, there's not much you can complain about. You need to be thankful for that. All in all, it's a great format, and I can't wait to watch it all through August. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised before doing the research of this video. I didn't realize that we had to wait until July to for the season to start. I was under the impression that it was going to start right away, and then I was kind of disappointed when I realized... Oh, fuck, I'm going to be starting school right when the NBA happens to start up again. So from that perspective, I'm kind of like, fuck. But You're starting school on July 31st? No, August, I mean August 10th, but... Viewers, we are going to point and laugh at this man who goes to NC State. But after we are done pointing and <laughs> laughing, it's very obvious why they're doing this. They need time to get back. I'm not going to say back in shape, but they need time to practice with each other again. They get, report on, I believe, July 10th of their training camps. Yeah, so Zion has probably been eating too many crab legs. And they need to get yeah, I'll talk about Zion off. Williamson's conditioning later. Trust me, I will. <laughs> but it's understandable why they're pushing it that far back. And they're maximizing safety, which is something you've got to appreciate the NBA doing. But enough talking about the format. Let's get into the bubble team. So, Tristan, I'm going to start off in the Western Conference and say that there are three teams here who should not have been invited. They are there to play games and be victimized by the competitive teams as they warm back up. The Spurs, the Suns, and the Kings do not belong here. And I'm going to start with the Spurs. They had a shot at making the playoffs until Marcus Aldrich got season-ending shoulder surgery because he and I assume the Spurs organization assumed they'd be done for the year. Well, now they are. They're not making the playoffs without their best player. Likewise, you've got the Suns. I don't know why they're there. Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden are pretty good, but everyone else on that team is questionable. And Devin Booker struggles to win big games. They're not winning anything. They may win one game of this whole tournament or a little eight-game series. And then you have the Kings, who of the teams I've named are the best, but at the same time, the teams above them on my list are just that much better than them. It's not really a conversation. De'Aaron Fox is a great player, one of the fastest men in the NBA. And 
I'm giving him a lot of credit. He's done great things on that team. He's averaging 20 points a game, but at the same time, he's not going to be able to carry them past some of the big dogs in the West who are fighting for that playoff spot. I mean, I agree with with two of the teams you just named. The Spurs, they're only in the position they were in because of Pop, but and then also one their best one of their best players gets injured. That in an eight game series against the best teams, you're not going to play any shitters. So the Spurs have no chance. In some respects, you have to feel bad for the Suns. They have to make the trip down to Orlando, commit the time to play the last eight games when they have no shot at squeaking out the playoffs. And even if they did, they would just get obliterated by LeBron and AD in the first round. If I'm a Suns player, I honestly might be considering boycotting the trip to Orlando and just staying home and playing video games on Twitch. But I I digress. Kristen, you'd be playing video games regardless, so... (laughs) That's I mean that is true. Uh the Kings actually I think are a dark horse in these final eight games. We do not know if Marvin Bagley will be able to contribute in any meaningful way, but the massive break has only increased the chance he'll be able to return. De'Aaron Fox is having a great year with twenty point four points, six point eight assists. Buddy Heald is having a very solid season, nineteen point eight points. And before the coronavirus canceled everything, they were 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. So they were really starting to get in a roll, really starting to demonstrate the chemistry that they had beginning to build. I know they had a bunch of long losing streaks earlier in the season. And they're not my favorite team out of the teams on the bubble to make the playoffs. But I would not be surprised if they make some random ass run and squeak out the 8 seed. Do you really trust Luke Walton to lead his team to a winning record in must-win situations? Yeah, I no. didn't say I trust him. Like I just said, uh, they're not the team I think that's actually going to make the playoffs. But if they, if it happens, I'm not going to be surprised by it. I'd be very surprised by it. But now let's start talking about the real teams. And, of course, I'm referring to the Memphis Grizzlies, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Portland Trailblazers. And starting off with the Pelicans... They have the most long-term upside of any of these three teams. They've got a bunch of young players who I'll talk about later. But the issue is they're not there now. They don't have playoff experience. The one guy there who I trust is Drew Holiday. And I don't think he's a great player, very good on defense. I don't think he's good enough to carry them past the Portland Trail Blazers to get a chance to compete for that nine seed. And this will depend on scheduling, of course. The Pelicans could have a cakewalk where they play the Wizards twice and the uh, Magic once and get seven free games, and the Trailblazers could get matched up against the Bucks, Lakers, and Clippers. But right now, assuming similar schedules, I think Portland remains as the ninth seed. And of course, there's the question of Zion Williamson's conditioning. He may well come out of quarantine weighing 437 pounds and three ounces. And if he is, he's going to be really hard to stop for the four minutes he's able to play each game. (laughs) but he will obviously struggle with conditioning. There's too many questions, too many unknowns, particularly with that young core, so I'm not giving them the nod to get it up to the ninth seed and compete for the playoffs. As much as the NBA would love to see the Zion versus LeBron spectacle, I do not think we're going to get it. I do believe that the Pelicans are better than the Grizzlies, with the Grizzlies really only having Ja as the star player. I know Brandon Ingram was having an amazing year. Zion was having an amazing year when he was healthy. Drew Holiday has always been good, made a few all-stars. Lonzo Ball is Lonzo Ball, averaging seven-something assists. And I think the, the triple Bru- single, <laughs> a triple single. <laughs> hey, it's a powerful triple single, but it's a triple single. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think the break if out of all the teams on the bubble, I think this break hurt them more than it helped them 
they Zion hasn't been able to play that much with the team. If they would have had the entire regular season originally without the coronavirus, I think they would have been a real threat in the play to make the playoffs. And I think they, if they made the playoffs, it would be an even bigger threat. It'd be cool to see them in the playoffs, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to happen. I agree with you on that. I see it as unlikely. Now we're getting to talk about the team, which I love seeing the praise of. The Portland Trailblazers are the nine seed right now. And barring very unfair scheduling, they're not going to give that up. Of the bubble teams and of, I'd say, the seven down in the Western Conference, they've got the best roster. They've got Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Trevor Ariza, Carmelo Anthony, and Hassan Whiteside. And I'm looking at those guys, and then I'm looking over at the Memphis Grizzlies, and there's maybe one position I'd say the Grizzlies are better at. That'd be power forward with Jaron Jackson Jr. But Damian Lillard's the best player right now who isn't in the playoffs not named Steph Curry, who's not there for other reasons. But he has so much upside. He's a clutch player. He's a big performer. He's able of showing up and giving you 40 or 50 points in must-win games. He's capable of making big shots, which quote-unquote are bad shots. But there's no way, if they have to face the Memphis Grizzlies, the Grizzlies do not lose twice to them. I mean, the major difference between the Trailblazers, all the bubble teams, is the Grizzlies is, like you said, they have an established superstar in Damian Lillard who is having the best year of his career up to this point with 28.9 points. Barring the injuries, of course. but 7.8 assists, shooting 39.4 from the field. They also have CJ McCollum, who is having a very good year. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic is finally going to be returning. I think he may have been, he was close to returning when the coronavirus happened. And this long break has given him even more time to rebound. So with Carmelo Anthony, who's that big center that was filling in for Nurkic? Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Hassan Whiteside needs to keep playing. He's leading the league in blocks for game in his top four in rebounds. Yeah, but Yusuf Nurkic was a force in his own right before. No, he wasn't. Hassan Whiteside is there to play defense and play it well, and that's what it'll do. Like, Nurkic comes off the bench. He's not regaining his starting spots. You don't think Yusuf Nurkic is going to start? I want you to go look at the season Hassan Whiteside has had and tell me why Yusuf Nurkic, given his career, would get his starting role back, particularly when you have other offensive options like Damon CJ who are better at scoring than him. I mean, uh, the problem, I mean, he might start. It doesn't. I mean, he's probably gonna get more minutes because Nurkic is coming off an injury. Uh, but Nurkic, oh, oh, well, yeah, he'll probably. I don't know. It's up to them. Do but. not slander Hassan Whiteside <laughs> in my presence. He was thrown away from the by the Miami Heat and has risen like a phoenix from the ashes in Portland. He is a great player, deserved to be on the All Star team, dominant Anthony Davis on many an occasion, one this year, and deserves your respect. I'm- he is the must see <laughs> player of these bubble teams. Forget Dame, forget Zion, you need to watch the Masson Whiteside. I mean, it's up to them at the end of the day, but even adding Houston Nurkic off the bench, that's a big addition. They did lose four, uh, um, lose six of their last ten. Prior to the break, but the slate, momentum does not matter. I was just about to say that the slate is basically wiped clean for every team because we don't know how anybody's truly going to play. So I think the most likely team to get into the playoffs, they have a like you said, a better roster than the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are playing well above their talent level and are building more towards the future. So I think the Trailblazers are the most likely team to squeeze in at the end. 
Flash and Fire beats out Grit and Grind. The Portland Trailblazers will be your A seed, and we'll get into how that affects the playoffs later, but we are going to briefly bounce over to the Eastern Conference and pay a visit to the lowly Washington Wizards. And the Wizards are a team you feel bad about rooting against, but at the same time, you don't want to see them win. If they make the playoffs, it's going to be in the same position as the Orlando Magic, just get massacred by the Bucks. They're not that interesting with their current rotations. They've got Bradley Beal, who, fun fact, is scoring 30 points and didn't make the All-Star team. I didn't know that, but hey. And that's it. They're a bad team. They've got one player, and they're six games back. There's not much to talk about. They will not be getting to the playoffs, and they probably won't even get the chance to compete for that A seed with the Orlando Magic. I mean, they were lucky to be given a playoff shot. The NBA, I think, felt like they needed to have a team given a playoff shot in the East, even though nobody that was not currently in the playoffs deserved it. Uh, it's also the reason, because of the Wizards, the Suns have to go to the Orlando now. They were six games within the playoffs, so that's why the Suns also went, because the Wizards had to go, I think, in my opinion. Being real, the Orlando Magic shouldn't be in the playoffs either, but hey. I mean, they have a decent... They're six games ahead and are 30-35, and 35, so that should tell you about the bottom half of the Eastern Conference. I mean, the Magic have a better record than the Trailblazers, Pelicans, and Kings. Like. They also play in the East, though. But a tear ran down my face when I saw the Charlotte Hornets were a mere one game away, or one and a half games away from getting to go to this little Like the Charlotte Hornets. Would the Charlotte Hornets run. were so close, dude. You don't even know. Devontae Graham, Scary Terry. It would have been a nightmare matchup for Giannis if they played in the first round. You think... <laughs> You think that the Charlotte Hornets against the best teams in the league cuz you know the Cavs, the Hawks, the Warriors, they're not they're not participating in this. You think the Hornets would have made a run and passed the Wizards for the night seat. Well, there's this thing called the, the last magic. dance which I'm sure every Charlotte Hornet had to watch and that should have given them enough motivation. If Michael Jordan can drop 30-plus points while dying of food poisoning, then you guys can go out there and beat the Indiana Pacers twice. <laughs> That's getting way astride of uh, the conversation. I'm sad the Hornets don't get a shot. The Wizards realistically don't have a shot. Even if John Wall miraculously comes back, they still don't have a shot. I mean, they may have a shot. They don't have a shot. They'd have a better shot if they change their name the back to the Washington Bullets. They don't have a shot at making the playoffs. You don't think I'll they can bet- beat the Magic? They're not going to get the chance to beat the Magic. They're six games back. Oh, that's true. What if the... Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only teams that can beat are like the Suns and the Magic and... Hey, they could sneak up on LeBron and crew. They, I mean, they could beat the Nets. The Nets only have Kyrie. They don't have Kyrie Irving. He's done for the season. Oh, Kyrie's done too? Yep. Can Oh, the, the Nets can get kicked out of the playoffs then also. Also conceivable, but again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because those teams are just going to be victims of the one and two seed. I mean, the top six teams in that, in the East are, I'm not going to say they're all really good, but they're all pretty good. Let's stop talking about the losers and the haters. Let's start talking about the winners. And we are going to discuss teams we think have benefited from this break and teams we think have suffered as a result of this break. And I'll start off in the Western Conference, a team which has benefited the most from this break is, it goes hand in hand with my uh, team, which has suffered the most, is the Los Angeles Clippers. 
Kawhi Leonard on load management in the playoffs might be the best player in the league. Case in point, go look at last year how he dominated throughout the entire series against every meaningful team. Dominated the 76ers, dominated the Bucks, dominated the Warriors. He was the best player on the planet Earth for those last three series. It was amazing to watch. Giving him all that rest and letting the Clippers get fully healthy, letting guys like Paul George, who had surgery in the offseason, who was still working his way back to full strength, had more time to recover, that's great. Letting their bench get healthy, letting Montez Harrell and Lou Williams get healthy, that's great. They are also going to be a beneficiary because it is without a doubt in my mind they will be facing the Lakers in the playoffs, and if they had to play that matchup, they would have been playing seven road games because of the advantage Lakers have in Staples Center. I, I I think the while the Clippers have no doubt benefited, they don't have to load manage Paul George. They don't have to load manage Kawhi. They don't have to deal with them getting injuries. I think the other team in Los Angeles benefited even more. The Lakers. So when you take a look at the Lakers, you have one of the greatest basketball players ever on your team, along with another top five, a top five to top ten player in AD. And there's no momentum, as we mentioned earlier, that you have to sustain. They're most likely going to be the one seed. Uh, they're not going to have to deal with injuries. It'll not be like the 2015 playoffs where LeBron was playing against the Warriors without Kyrie and Kevin Love. They will hopefully be able to sustain the, their health. On rest, LeBron is a different animal. He may have missed the playoffs last season, but he led the Lakers to the second best record in the NBA before the corona outbreak, two games behind Milwaukee. Incorrect. Uh, Milwaukee's... 53 wins, Lakers have 49 wins. My apologies, Isaiah. Don't you dare slander the Bucks and try and hype up LeBron Three in my presence. Three games behind Milwaukee. He You're also- terrible at math. 53-49. You know what? Fuck you, Isaiah. Anyway, <laughs> uh. four games. Whatever, they had the second best record of the NBA. He also had a 70 assist lead on the next highest person in the NBA. And Trey Young, he's going to be the oldest person ever to lead the league and assist for a season uh you have to feel bad for the rest of the field as the lakers are rested lebron is rested and ready to go he's been posting them workout videos on instagram ad won't be managing a pick pinky injury so i think this has set up the lakers for a wild playoff run where they dominate every team here's the issue with that as we've discussed you and i both think the portland trailblazers will make the playoffs are we in agreement on agreement on that? Yes, you're gonna be like, oh, the Kobe game. I can think they can carry it over five games, seven games. It's possible. I will mention that they beat the Los Angeles Lakers on the biggest regular season game of the year, but they're gonna probably not have an easy time against Portland. Damian Lillard is capable of going off and giving them a game or two, prolonging the series, making that series four or five games, or five or six games puts more wear and tear on the tires for LeBron AD. Then you look at their next matchup. They're going to be facing a good team. It's either going to be the Jazz, the Thunder, or the Denver Nuggets. Uh, They can't face the Denver Nuggets, or the Rockets. But if they have to face the Rockets or the Jazz, two teams with dominant paint presence or an explosive scoring ability, they're going to get taken a few more games because of their defensive shortcomings in that area, excluding AD, and their preferred style of offense, which is either jack up threes or LeBron or AD score inside. Rudy Gobert will hinder that. Rudy Gobert will put some more wear and tear in the tires. You forget that he, they don't have big old Dwight. 
They got Dwight. They've got Dwight and JaVale. That's not going to matter that much. I love Dwight Howard, but come on. More wear and tear on the tires, though. That's six, seven games, maybe. If they have to play the Rockets, yeah, if the Rockets are succeeding in the playoffs, it's Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They're going to give you buckets. I have very limited... Fi- I, the Lakers aren't sweeping their way through the playoffs. Then finally, you have the healthy Los Angeles Clippers, who have load-managed the best of their abilities and do not have to go on the road seven times to play. Load management doesn't matter. Are you re- they are better rested. Kawhi Leonard is the best rested <laughs> player in the NBA right now. He was resting before the quarantine started. You, you think rest rest before quarantine matters when we had a few months I think off it does. and there's still going to be another month and a half of rest. So you would rather have your players had played more games before the pandemic started? It doesn't matter. It does matter. I'll tell you why it matters. (laughs) You are not going to see a drop in intensity on Kawhi Leonard or anyone on that crew. I think you will see it because they haven't played enough games to carry over the intensity. If you're even going to make it... Kawhi Leonard didn't play enough games to carry over the intensity to begin with. He's a different animal in the playoffs. Playoff Kawhi and regular season Kawhi, two completely different things. They've also got an easier schedule if teams who should win do win. Like, let's say the Denver Nuggets win, and they have to face the Clippers. The Denver Nuggets' biggest advantage is running teams around in Mile High City in uh, Denver. They're not going to be in Denver. The conditioning battle is going to be won by the Clippers for once, whereas opposed to the Nuggets, who would get at least three games that easily outpace the Clippers. They get an advantage there. The Dallas Mavericks are not as good as the Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers make the playoffs with their healthy roster. And then they're facing the Lakers. The Lakers are rested. I will give you that. And a team which might be the biggest disadvantage is the Memphis Grizzlies because they might well lose their playoff spot. But in terms of real competitors, the Lakers just got a lot tougher schedule because of this whole quarantine thing. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the whole tougher schedule thing at the end of the day. It matters. Four or five more games will put some wear and tear on the tires and will make it harder. Then you go over and look at a team like Milwaukee and just glancing at their schedule, assuming things work out the way they should. They're going to have to play the Magic Heat and either the Celtics or the Raptors. And I'm inclined to say that schedule is substantially easier. One, because the Magic are not going to win a game. Two, assuming the Miami Heat are rested and have their veterans in working order. That might go six games, but Who's they have that Giannis. Rookie that you, you know you're in love with on the Heat? Which one? They've got two good rookies. The Tyler Hero. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's good. But again, he they're may... not going to get taken to seven games by them. And there's no more Kawhi Leonard in the way. They're not losing to the Raptors again. And no one on the Celtics, they don't have a consistent center who can play defense, is holding Giannis, particularly if he starts shooting threes. The Bucks have an easier schedule. I'm not saying the Lakers won't make the finals. I'm saying if they do make the finals, their path will be much harder than the Bucks. Well, the, this, you do realize the standings can still be reshuffled with these final eight games. Even better, then. Like, the Jazz could pass the Nuggets. The Thunder could jump up to the, the third seed randomly. The Jazz are probably not going to pass the Nuggets. They may actually fall. I'm inclined to say they drop down to the fifth seed because of the tumult going on in their locker room with the Frenchman giving everyone corona. I don't know. By the way, all my hot takes about not looking or not liking Rudy Gobert have paid off exceptionally. Just want to throw that out there. Has there actually been reported continuous tumult? Yes. Donovan Mitchell has said he doesn't know if he's going to be able to forgive Rudy Gobert. Actually? 
Yes. I didn't know that. Score one for America. The record stands 583 USA, zero France. (laughs) But moving on to the Eastern Conference, the France of the NBA conferences, the team which has benefited the most is the Philadelphia 76ers, a team who it seemed was always injured, who did not perform up to their talents, has finally got a chance to rest up their players. Al Horford's going to get rest. Ben Sims is going to get rest. Joel Embiid's going to get rest. It's going to be a dandy time. No one is scoring inside on that team. Now, teams may snipe them from the outside with threes, but all three of those guys being healthy and dominating that part of the floor will be beneficial. And, and when you look at the other teams, I don't see anyone who benefited that much from all this. Maybe the Celtics, they also get a chance to get healthy, but other than that, doesn't really matter. I mean, I agree with you. The Celtics, they're very top-heavy, so having a healthy roster is very important. But I think the quarantine has also benefited to put the Celtics in an excellent position to make a lot of noise in the playoffs. Kemba will have a lot of time to get his knee right. He's dealing with the um, nagging knee injury prior to the whole quarantine and stuff like that. The Boston has the deepest roster in the East from Kemba, Tatum, Brown, Cantor, Hayward, Smart. There's Taco in there. Uh, Brad Stevens is always elevating the Celtics' talent unless Kyrie Irving's on the roster. I could see them being a problem for the Bucks if it comes to it. And I think Boston is in a much better position this year to give them the challenge. It won't be like last year where they went down 4-1 to one against the when they lost 4-1 to one against the Bucks. You mean after Paul Pierce guaranteed that it was over after one game? <laughs> yeah. I do agree that it will not be like that. I think the Celtics are in a good spot. Either them or the Raptors are going to be in the conference finals. Remember no when you told me the Celtics that. got worse because they signed Kemba and they didn't have Kyrie anymore? Yeah, I remember No, that. they got worse because they lost Al Horford. Yeah, well, it looks like they're better now, honestly. But if it's it not doesn't mean a thing. Acquired. Tatum and Tatum and uh, Brown have kind of been playing out of their minds. It doesn't mean a thing if they don't got a ring. That is true. But getting to the teams, which I think suffer the most from this, we have the Miami Heat, who is a team I have long sung the praises of. They're one of my favorite teams to watch in the Eastern Conference. But much like the New Orleans Pelicans, they've got too many young players that is going to come back and bite them. They've got a wily group of vets, but at the same time, They've got guys out there like Kendrick Nunn. They've got Tyler Hero. They've got Bama DeBio, who is a fairly young player, all of whom are going to be suffering from this time away from basketball. And once Jimmy Butler gets angry at some people, like he undoubtedly will because of this time away, it's bad news. There is one way that this team could be benefited, and rumors have circulated that this will happen, but signing DeMarcus Cousins would in fact save this team from their fate of losing in the second round. They need more veteran leadership and they need more scoring prowess in the paint, which is something Bam and Kelly O'Kunin, or how how do you say that? Kelly O-L-Y-N-K-Y. Kelly Olenek, is that what you're talking about? I am talking indeed about Kelly Olenek. Yes. We'll not be able to say his name. We'll not be acquiring that jersey. But acquiring Mr. Boogie Cousins will be the one way this team doesn't get bounced in the second round. Random question, but when is Victor Oladipo supposed to be returning? I believe Victor Oladipo's already back. He's back? He will be... Let let me look at this. Let me take a gander at the ESPN handy-dandy death chart. I am pretty sure Victor Oladipo's... Yeah, he was starting games. Oh, I thought he was injured for some reason. 
He was injured. He's recovered from that Achilles zone. He's playing. He's not playing too bad. He's coming off the injury, but he's this is a player who benefits from the uh, quarantine. Yeah. 13.27. Uh, we're getting a broad off topic, and ESPN is giving me ads for AT&T, which is something I don't like I mean, seeing. who knows if the Pacers make a run because all Depot had all that time to rest. He's only playing 25 minutes a game prior to quarantine. Yeah, but is there anyone on the Pacers you really think is all that? TJ Warren, you know, is averaging 18.7. Sabonis is averaging 18.5. They got a pretty deep roster, actually. Miles Turner hey. is a defensive presence with 2.2 blocks. The Pacers are the dollar store Celtics with worse coaching. <laughs> you could say that. And at some point, talent will beat out depth. Anyway, do you have Anywho. any final words to give to our loyal viewers, Isaiah? Our loyal viewers. We appreciate all of you, except you, Jake from State Farm, but that's... We'll get into that video later. We also may have a video about certain individuals who played for Miami football team coming out later. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. Yeah. And we'll see you later. That has been our podcast. As I say at the beginning of the video, check us out on all the stream platforms. If you like listening on Spotify, listen over there instead. Appreciate you for tuning in. Like, subscribe. Let us know what you thought. See you next time. Tally ho.